This episode of Ministry Monday is sponsored by GIA Publications. Rooted in tradition with a clear focus on the future, Gather 4th Edition from GIA Publications features a diverse roster of composers and a wide breadth of musical styles in a worthy hardbound hymnal. Gather 4th Edition. Learn more at giamusic.com forward slash hymnals. From NPM, the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, this is episode 206 of Ministry Monday. Ministry Monday is a weekly podcast about music, ministry, and liturgy produced by the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, or NPM. What is NPM? NPM is a national association that fosters the art of musical liturgy. The members of NPM serve the Catholic Church in the United States as musicians, clergy, liturgists, and other leaders of prayer. For more information, go to npm.org forward slash join. Have a question? Email us anytime at ministrymonday at npm.org. Hello, and welcome to Ministry Monday. I am your host, Amanda Bruce. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to Ministry Monday wherever you listen to podcasts each week. And hey, thanks for joining us. We hope that you've had a restful summer so far and continue on your pursuit of constant learning. Many of us participated in the NPM National Convention, both in person and virtually, and it was a wonderful experience of music, prayer, spirituality, learning, and of course, each other. If you're listening to this podcast and are considering joining or rejoining NPM, please check out the 30-day trial that we're now offering for free. An NPM membership is a powerful opportunity for networking, career advancement, and resources directly in the national church music community. To help you experience what NPM has to offer, we are now offering a free 30-day trial. This 30-day trial membership offers 30 days of free NPM membership at all membership levels, basic, standard, and premium. This no-risk trial membership is a great way to explore the new resources and benefits that NPM now has to offer. For more information and how to sign up, visit the homepage of the NPM website at npm.org. Lastly, Ministry Monday will continue through the summer with new episodes bi-weekly. Many of you have provided topics at the convention that you would like to see in the coming months, so stay tuned. We are listening. Do you have a topic that you'd like to hear about? Email us at ministrymonday at npm.org. Today's Ministry Monday episode features NPM's 2021 Jubilate Deo Award recipient, Father John Baldovin. Father Baldovin reflects on Pope Francis's new apostolic letter on the liturgy, Desiderio Desideravi. Father Baldovin's reflections focus on four main points, of which you will hear identified through interlude music each time. Number one. Was this document expected? Number two, 
What is the message of Desiderio Desideravi? 3. Liturgy and Theology of the Church. 4. What does it mean for regular Catholics? In addition, we would like to thank the Boston College School of Theology and Ministry for allowing NPM to rebroadcast this short but powerful reflection. Enjoy. The Pope had issued a very important document called Traditionis Custodes, Bearers of the Tradition, uh, last year in July, mid-July, which was a very significant document, and that was a bombshell. It really was a very surprising document uh, that uh, that was rumored to come out, and it was it was really it was really uh, his very strong statement that the older liturgy or pre-Vatican II liturgy is not the current liturgy of the Catholic Church, and that he put very severe constraints on the uh, the older liturgy. I'll come back to that though. In recent in recent uh, months, however, he has made a number of statements. Uh, he was speaking to the priests of Sicily a, a month, six weeks ago, uh, and uh, he was uh, in his very, very blunt uh, fashion. Uh, he was saying, you know, you don't want to be wearing your grandmother's lace. He was, he was talking about, you know, the, the tendency for some people to really want to be old fashioned. And to think that that's what it means to be holy or, or sacred or observe mystery in the liturgy. And then a couple of weeks ago, he had a meeting with the um, editors of the Jesuit magazines and newspapers of Europe. Uh, he had a meeting in the Vatican, and he uh, once again doubled down on this whole importance of the liturgical reform. So this is very much in line of where he's been going lately. And uh, so it's it's... It was a surprise and no surprise at the same time, I would say. Um, I think I think there are basically three. There's a lot in the, there's a lot in the letter. There's a, it's a very very rich letter, and I do really uh, recommend it to people to to ponder, to read, to even to meditate over a lot of it because it's it's uh, very richly spiritual. And that's the first thing I want to say is that. Uh, um, that some of the other some of the other aspects I'll talk about will get a lot more attention, but I think that's a mistake to to pass over this first point uh, to get to those that are more if they are more sensational or something like that. The um, the first thing is it's it's a very spiritual letter. It's, it begins with a with a comment of Jesus in Luke's gospel. It is with the deepest desire that I have desired, or with heartfelt desire that I have desired, desiderio des, desideravi, uh, to eat this meal with us, with you. And uh, there's there's a, a real sense throughout the beginning of the letter of uh, his trying to capture the desire of Jesus, of the Lord Jesus, uh, to share himself with his disciples. And, and in this in this prefiguring, if you will, through his giving of his body and blood of uh, what he did on the cross for us. You know, his, his the supreme act of obedience, the Pope calls it in the, uh, in the document. And so there's a, a real spirituality of encounter, I would call it, and that's the word he uses. Uh, 
and he wants to really emphasize the fact that the Eucharist is an event of encounter. It's not a thing. Sacraments are not things. We sacramental liturgical theologians are are very fond of saying this uh, these days. They're not things. Um, they are encounters. They're events. And he really wants to get at that and get at the importance of it, the spiritual importance of it, the centrality of it in the lives of uh, Christians. So that's the first point. Now, I would say that's the most important point because it frames the rest of what he has to say. He appeals a lot to his favorite modern theologian. I think you could say his favorite modern theologian, a German theologian with an Italian name named Romano Guardini. Uh, the Pope actually, uh, before he um, came back to Argentina, was writing a doctoral dissertation on uh, Guardini, which he said somewhere uh, that uh, he uh, intended to finish when he stepped down as Archbishop of uh, of uh, Buenos Aires, but he got another job. So uh, he, he wasn't able to finish his dissertation. Um, so um, in his retirement, he said, uh, he does have a great sense of humor. But Guardini is a deeply, deeply spiritual writer, a man who wrote a book, important book called The Spirit of the Liturgy. And um, I'll come back to that in a, in a moment. So, so that's the first thing. It's the, the spiritual dimension, uh, the dimension of encounter, of the Lord's desire to be with us, his self-giving, and our receiving. It takes two to tango, as they say. It's not only that he gives the gift, it's our willingness to receive it and, and encounter him. Second point I'd like to make is that, uh, as I said at the beginning in terms of what he's been talking about lately, uh, he really, really wants to re-emphasize what he said in that, that document from last July. Uh, and that is uh, Traditionis Custodes, and that is the limiting, very severe limiting of the practice of the older or pre-Vatican II or Latin liturgy or extraordinary form. It goes by uh, so many uh, different names, um, uh, but but some, the Tridentine rite, um, whatever you want to call it, that's the liturgy he's talking about, and he wants to limit it severely. Why? Now, this is, the, this is, so, is it because, simply because of the liturgy? No. Now, this is a very, very important point for people to see because very often people will say to me when I'm giving talks or classes and say, but that's such a beautiful liturgy. It's so lovely and the Latin is beautiful and the sense of awe and mystery are so nice and it's so spiritually uh, enriching. And I understand that. I understand that. I grew up until I was about 15 years old. I grew up with that liturgy and I understand it. Uh, and there was a great beauty to it. But the Pope's point, and it's a very important point, and he makes it in Traditionis Custodes, but he really wants to, and he re-emphasizes it here even better, I think, in this in this piece. The, the Council, Second Vatican Council, which is the way we live the Church now, right, for the last 60 years, the Second Vatican Council has four different constitutions. So it's similar to the what we would call the Constitution of the United States, right? To be constitutional, right? These are constitutional of the church. The first of these was on the liturgy, and he says that's not a mistake because it sets the path for the other ones. The other three are divine revelation, how we deal with the Word of God, the church itself, 
the nature of the church, especially as God's pilgrim people before anything is said about structures or authority, and then the church in the modern world, an attempt to engage uh, the modern world that begins with beautiful words, Gaudium et Spes, the hopes and uh, the, the hopes and joy uh, that we share with uh, the rest of humanity. Uh, so these all form a whole, they're integral. And he says the, the, the attack, he understands, and he, I, I believe he's correct from my experience and my reading, and uh, I believe he is correct, that the attack on the liturgy, the, the contemporary liturgy, um, that that is basically an attack on the council. A lot of people don't see that. They think it's a nice ceremony that they're going to, makes them feel religiously warm, uh, rich, uh, nourished. I understand that. Um, and I'm not denying that it does that for them, but there's something much bigger at stake. So that's the second thing. He says, and there's a famous phrase here, which is remarkable because it is such a, and you rarely find one Pope contradicting another bluntly, but it's a contradiction of Pope Benedict XVI. Pope Benedict XVI has said in 2007, in the document that made it, uh, gave wider uh, permission to using the older rite, he had said that there are two forms of what's called the rule of prayer of the Roman rite. The technical term is lex orandi of the Roman rite. There are two forms of that. Uh, the, the older form, what he calls the extraordinary form, and the ordinary form. The Pope said last year, and he reiterates quite clearly and explicitly, literally this year, there is only one form of the Lex Orandi of the Roman Rite, and that is the current liturgy. Case closed, it seems to me. So that's very important. The third aspect of the document, which I think really stands out quite a bit, all the rest is details, is the so-called art of celebration. Uh, the, the Latin phrase for that is the Ars Celebrandi. Uh, and there, what, one of the other aspects of what he's trying to do is, in terms of the new rite, the newer liturgy, for a lot of people, the newer liturgy uh, gave permission to do whatever you wanted to do. Uh, so a free adaptation in a way. Uh, and what he's saying is that that is not what the liturgy is, uh, that the liturgy does have a set of rules that must be obeyed. And so he's insisting on that, uh, that the church has a liturgy and it's the, the duty of those who are preparing the liturgy or leading it, people like priests, uh, it's the duty of, of those people to be obedient to that. Right? Because it is a common procession, uh, possession, sorry, a common possession. It's not the possession of an individual. And it's not primarily about individual piety. It's about a community coming together. Okay, uh, that's on the one hand of what he says about the Ars Celebrandi. The other side of it is, though, uh, that it's, it's not something that you can do mechanically, that it is not sufficient and the Vatican Council had said the same thing, it is not sufficient merely to obey the rules and rubrics, as we call them, the rules and regulations of the liturgy. There are plenty of them there, but it's, it's far from sufficient to simply do them. They have to be done with the spirit of prayer and of faith, preparation, engagement, all of those things. And so the, the last part of the letter really does 
uh, dwell on the the art of celebration and on uh, lit, what he calls liturgical formation, right? Which is not just about the formation of people who are leaders of the liturgy, but the formation of all of us. And here he comes back. I mentioned earlier Romano Guardini. He comes back to Romano Guardini and he says, uh, Guardini asked a very, very important question. I think this is in the early 1960s. Are modern human beings capable of the symbolic? Are they capable? Have we lost the capability to engage the symbolic? Now, I think, um, I think the answer to that is, is no, but we haven't really developed our capacity uh, for the symbolic. We have the symbolic in all sorts of areas of our, of our life. Think of just politics, think of advertising, cultural consumerism. We have lots, lots of uh, symbolic activity in our lives. But, but this religious liturgical symbolism is something we have to recapture and that he thinks will take a good deal of amount of, a good amount of work uh, to recapture. And, uh, and, and so he, he, this, in some ways, the, the letter begins with um, an appeal to this encounter, beautiful encounter with the Lord who, who gives himself to us first before we respond to it. Then it proceeds to a defense, if you will, or a reiteration of the value of the contemporary liturgical reform. And then it ends with an insistence on liturgical formation and uh, the true formation for the celebration, which is not just rules and regulations, but entering into the spirit of the liturgy itself. It's as much, and anybody who teaches liturgy and sacraments today will tell you the same thing that I'm saying. When you teach liturgy, you're also teaching theology of the church. And when you teach theology of the church, you're also teaching liturgy. Uh, the two go hand in hand. And he does, in the letter, there's a nice section in which he talks about baptism as the foundation of our being members of the church and folds that into the, into the, uh, into the, the piece. It's a very theologically sophisticated piece, I would say. Very theologically sophisticated. The regular person in the pews, I would say the great takeaway is you should uh, give yourself to the celebration of the liturgy uh, and, and to appreciate what it is that the Lord is trying to give to you. And by the same token, you should demand, I don't think demand is too, too uh, strong a word, demand uh, good liturgical formation, good liturgical celebration, and good liturgical formation and uh, education. Thanks again to the Boston College School of Theology and Ministry for allowing NPM to rebroadcast this reflection. 
For more information about the Pope's new document, please check out the show notes of this episode at ministrymonday.org. You'll also be able to find the video version of this reflection by Father Baldovin provided by the Boston College School of Theology and Ministry. We highly encourage you to add this document to your summer reading information. The recording of Oh God, You Search Me was produced by Oregon Catholic Press. And today's episode of Ministry Monday was produced by me, Amanda Bruce. The theme music was produced by Aaron Schaus. That's it for today. With the Spirit's gifts empowering us for the work of ministry, thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here in two weeks on Monday.